Hello, and welcome to AUA podcast number 35. Today, we get to travel with Lisa Jo Barr. Prior to her traveling experiences, Lisa Jo lived a life of trauma and anxiety. And in her own words, snorkeling in Bali was the first time that every cell in her body relaxed. Lisa Jo talks about her love of unconventional travel, how easily she connects with locals everywhere she goes, and where her travels have taken her, from Australia to India to Bali to Thailand and many more places. I am not going to do a personal update here because I'm recording a short AUA bite with my update, which I will post in the next day or two. I'm also putting up a YouTube pre-move vlog with different information. If you enjoy AUA, I would love a five-star review or a share or a YouTube follow. Whatever you want to do to show your love and support is highly appreciated. And listening without doing any of those things counts as showing your love and support. So thank you. And now it's time for the show. Today we're here with Lisa Jo Barr, who is a life consultant and the CEO of Go For It Coaching. And she is an unconventional traveler who worked for United Airlines for 14 years, flew standby, flew first class and business. And she had a column called The World is My Oyster that featured third world country travel and was written to inspire other airline employees to get a passport and travel because it's not expensive. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Lisa Joe, welcome. Thanks for having me. And then if you can tell me just a little bit more about the traveling, and I see that you started in 1995. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Actually, I want to take a step back. When I was a little girl, Santa Claus brought me a globe one year. I might have been seven or eight, and I would spin that puppy around and put my finger on where it landed. I'd be like, Mommy, I'm going to go here. So I've had the dream of travel since I was little. That's why I got into the travel industry because I wanted to travel. And I knew that the main benefit was travel pass, travel standby. Mm -hmm. So that's what got me in. And I, I traveled to Australia. I've been, all my travels have been solo mm -hmm. by okay. myself on purpose, deliberately. I've been to many countries and I just love to explore different cultures. That's awesome. And have you come up against anything, not necessarily safety wise, but just other challenges traveling solo? Not really, because I meet other travelers, local people. I made out with a guy in a, a Hong Kong park on Kowloon, and we had to jump over a fence because there were cops. We ran past him and sat on a park bench and kissed all night. <laughs> and one time when I was in a, a youth hostel in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong police came in in the middle of the night, woke us up, had their flashlights. They wanted to see all of our passports. And I was like, whoa. And then after they left all of us in bunk beds, we were like, holy shit, we could have got taken away. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of romances around the world. Mm. I was a little boy crazy. That sounds fun. <laughs> well, were you young? Like what, what age were you? I was 25 when I started. That was when I went to Australia. And then I went to Hong Kong, Thailand, 
Indonesia, back to Thailand. These are different trips. Actually, the Bali back to Thailand was one trip. And then I went to Argentina. I spent a month in Rome. I had the pleasure of working in India for three and a half months. That was when I was with the team and when I worked for United Airlines. So that, and that is my favorite country. India is my all time favorite. The people have hearts of gold and they speak directly to you. And they're very hospitable and down to earth. And the food is amazing. The markets are amazing. There's just vibrant colors everywhere. It's like land of the extremes, ritzy malls with a lot of wealthy people and then slums right next to it. And I've seen things in India that I've never seen in, in the U.S. And life just spills out all over the place. You've got cows walking in the roads. And I went and had my hair cut at one of the fancy malls. They cut my hair. They did my fingers and my toes all at the same time. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. I felt like a queen. <laughs> That's funny. And have you been back since the, since the three months or three and a half months that you spent there? I haven't, but it's the first thing on my list once COVID lifts. I have enough miles for a business class ticket. Oh, and all of your listeners, if you want to travel, get a credit card that you can earn miles and put everything on it and just pay it off. Yeah. Chase and I have Chase, Chase's United Airlines miles, mileage plus. I, I don't work for them. I'm not a commercial. <laughs> and do you have the Chase Sapphire? That's the one I have is the Chase. Sapphire. No, I have the Chase uh, mileage plus card. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they'll give you like double or triple miles, depending on, you know, they have promotions Mm -hmm. for different like grocery stores they did for COVID. You got three miles to the dollar and they do different promos. Yeah. And the one, yeah, the one that I have is two, two points to the dollar. dollar. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I've been listening to the points guy on Clubhouse. Anyway, I scheduled a a call with him next week because he just recommended getting the American Express gold card. And so I immediately jumped online and ordered it and then I got approved. And then I was like, it's $250. What? Yeah, no thanks. Next. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask him, I have a, you know, a call with him and I'm going to ask him, is it worth it? Why did you say that? Because I wasn't even paying attention to why he said it. I was just like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, yeah, 250 bucks is a chunk of change, huh? That's a chunk of For change. A credit card, they should be paying you. <laughs> but they all they all cost something, but you usually get it back. There's mm-hmm. a way with points to get it back. Like with my Chase card, I'm able to use it on Amazon. I use my points yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So where in India were you? I was in Delhi, New Delhi and Gurgaon, which is right outside of Delhi. I've traveled staying at youth hostels and bungalows, United Airlines put us up in five-star hotels. So I've traveled very shoestring, two or three dollars a night up to in Delhi. We were put up in places that were $350 a night, just gorgeous hotels, very feng shui, very echotel. There was an echotel we got put up in called the Orchid. Yeah, it was really beautiful gardens, like five different restaurants, courtyards, everything in the the hotel was, they had a professional feng shui person and it was just absolutely amazing. That's cool. And they had a huge pool, a freshwater pool. Wow. It was very, it was like paradise. Yeah. It it was, I, I, they had personal trainers on site 
for free if you stayed there that was part of the deal so I worked the night shift worked very long hours I worked like 10 to 12 hour nights and then I would come back to the hotel I would work out it and that was morning by that time then I would get a massage $20 for a two-hour massage. Wow. For an Ayurvedic massage with oils. Oh, nice. And, oh, God, it smelled so good. Then I would go to sleep, and I slept so good. Even though I was sleeping during the day, I was living like a vampire, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I networked with so many people before I even got there. And I highly recommend that you do that. If you are planning a trip to get on the internet and network like crazy with people on LinkedIn, networking groups that you belong to. You want to make sure that you have a lot of conversation with that person first and that you meet them in a public place and all that. But I just met the most amazing individuals. When I was in India, I met a runway model. His name was Andre. And we would drive around in his Mercedes with the music blasted. And he took me to all these nice restaurants. And then he introduced me to a Bollywood film director who was in town. And I hung out with him and he, he made a pass at me. And I said, no, he says, you're going to sleep with me. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I met with an independent actor who acted in indie films. I met a professional photographer and made friends with all the people at the outsourcing company that United did business with. And I got to go to their houses. They took me to the market. I bought beautiful material. She took me to the tailor. I had clothes made. I had an outfit made. It was like $3.50. Wow. Tailored and sewn up and everything. Yeah. Wow. Once you get there, the tickets are the most expensive. Yeah. It's but like shopping that. is amazing. Yeah, it's like that for Thailand. There's a lot of places that are and and tickets now are cheaper because you know, yeah, are they? I, I haven't yeah. paid attention to that. Yeah, we're yeah with the whole COVID. I'm yeah. sure now's yeah. the time to buy. Yeah. Yeah. The last few years that I traveled, I used for Europe, I used Norwegian airlines, which is super inexpensive. And then Mm -hmm. I heard on clubhouse the other day, this woman suggested going to the Norwegian Airlines site in Norway and just translating it. And the tickets are way cheaper that way. Can I tell you the story of my first international trip? Yes, please. So I worked for United. I was trying to figure out where I was going to go first. And on my way to work, I would bike to work. Australia just stuck in my head, like Crocodile Dundee and listening, like everywhere I went, there were signs of Australia. Men at Work, this band from Australia in the 80s oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. would be playing and just different things. And it was very serendipitous. I flew standby to Sydney, Australia. And I was so excited that I didn't do anything right on the airplane. I drank alcohol. I drank a lot of coffee. I didn't sleep. I was so excited. I was in business class on the upper deck because it was a 747 with an upper deck. And I sat next to a businessman who was Australian who had a family and everything. And he said, if you ever run into anything, contact me. And he gave me his personal phone number and everything. It's very nice. I made friends with the flight crew. And on my way out, they handed me a bottle of really good wine. 
as a gift, they were very excited for me because I told them this is my first time out of the U.S. I got through customs and it was like quarter till six in the morning. I was walking down the main corridor that was between customs and the main terminal. And I was one of the first people out of customs and I was walking down an empty hallway and I was totally silent. And then I opened the door and there were just tons of people, all different languages, hustle and bustle. And I just pictured myself as a little girl saying, mommy, I want to go to the other side of the world. And I broke down. I just started crying with joy. And um, just like my dream has come true. And it felt so good. It, It was like victory. Yeah, that's awesome. How long did you stay in Australia? I stayed in Sydney for two and a half weeks. I didn't go outside of Sydney, but I went to a youth hostel and I checked in, got a shared room. I don't remember how much that one was. I think it was 10 or 12 bucks a night. They had showers. The first thing you want to do after traveling so long is you want to take a hot shower. But the way you get hot water out of this particular place is you needed coins. So I ended up taking a freezing cold shower, which ended up to be very refreshing after it was done with. And then I contacted friends of a friend, people I never even met, and left them a message that I was here. And because my friend put me in touch with them, gave me their number. And by the time I got back to the youth hostel, I went out and wandered around And they had left a message there for me to call them. They said, get your money back. We'll give you directions on what train to take. And you can stay with us as long as you want. Wasn't that nice? This is a married couple. And they had a little chihuahua that the the man cooked meat for the chihuahua every night. (laughs) Little steak pieces. Mm -hmm. And I met all their friends. We went to a bunch of, they were called beer gardens. They're like outdoor patios. People drink. Their friends drank. I don't know if all Australians drink, but their friends drank me under the table. That was back when I drank a little bit, but woo, it's a lot of booze being passed around. <laughs> but I would say one of the funniest stories I have about Australia is I met this woman at this Chinese restaurant. And we hit it off and she's, I want you to come with me tonight. Well, I'll take you to this. We'll go dancing at a nightclub. And I was like, yes, cool. I'm going to go to a nightclub in Australia. That is the bomb. We went, we took a bus and she didn't have a car, but we took public transportation, went to this club and just danced our socks off. And afterwards we went to this bar that had tables that were backgammon boards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so backgammon is very popular there. Mm-hmm. So we played backgammon and then I caught the eye of this guy and I was like, and he like, his line to me was, would you like to play some backgammon? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> and it was so cute. And so wow. we played backgammon and my friend had to leave. So I was like, huh. And then he was like, want to watch the sun come up at Bondi Beach? which I had been to Bondi, it's beautiful there. It's a beautiful beach. I highly recommend it. And then he turned to kiss me and his breath was so nasty. Is he going to Bondi with me? And I said, no, I'm too tired. I I need to go back to where I'm staying. So (laughs) that was that. But maybe if you brushed your teeth, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was beyond that. I think he needed some serious dental work. <laughs> or the food he ate. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So what is your favorite thing? Do you have a favorite thing about traveling? I do. I love to hang out with local people and I love markets, mm. Mark, different marketplaces. All of your senses are bombarded with sights and smells and energy and people and oh. I've been to some just awesome marketplaces. And I also love temple hopping. Mm. When I was in Thailand, I went to so many temples. One of them, you could hold a cage. There's a white bird in the cage. Make a wish and let the bird fly and it flew away. Isn't that neat? Mm -hmm. That was in Chiang Mai. Yeah. Those are two of my favorite things. And meeting, hanging out with local, really getting a taste of what it's like, what that culture is about, nuances, differences, similarities, just really getting the flavor of the place. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And do you have a favorite place besides India? Close behind that would be Thailand. It is so absolutely gorgeous there. Have you been? No. No? Okay. Haven't been to either. No. Really? Okay. So Bangkok is really polluted. I took a train from Bangkok up to Chiang Mai, Mm -hmm. which is up north. Mm -hmm. It's about, I think it was a 16 hour train ride. First class cabin, shared cabin, $30 one way, first class, which is a bunk bed. Yeah. I stayed at a guest house, which is basically like a really cheap hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. That was nice. It included breakfast. And they had a really good night market there. The first time I traveled there, it was in early December, which is the best time to go. It's not monsoon. It's not too hot. It's hot, but it's not like I was there in April the second time. And it's burning. You burn up. It's really hot. But I did all my Christmas shopping at the night market and bought Bought these beautiful carved wooden dragon puppets mm, painted oh, different neat. colors, green and red and blue. They, it was on the wooden thing and you mm-hmm. could you could make it move and stuff. And I bought this. I'll show you. Yeah. This is my most prized possession. It's, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's made out of wood. It's carved. Isn't yeah. that cool? Wow. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and it was $15. Wow. And I saw one here that someone was selling for 80 but they said, don't take with the Buddhas out of Thailand. So I was paranoid. I was like, oh, shit. Oh. So I wrapped it in a bunch of newspaper and clothing, oh, wow. put it in the very center of my bag. And luckily, I got out of Thailand alive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder why. Is that just like a superstition? I don't know. I, I don't know why. Like, why would they be selling it if you can't so take it out sacred. of Yeah, oh. the Buddha is so sacred that I don't know why they don't want you to take it out. I got these really cool necklaces, too, that were three-dimensional, and they had different kinds of Buddhas in them. Mm. They were really neat. I wish I still had mine. Yeah. They're cool. And the position of the Buddhas mean different things. Mm-hmm. Like, this one right here mm-hmm. is dissolving feats like bravery. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that one from Thailand, but the food was amazing. I met a silk shop owner who took me to a Thai disco and people stood up on their chairs and just, oh, it was so cool. Everyone was singing along. And and then I, we went to this restaurant that was so neat. It was on the second floor and everything was carved, very intricate and beautiful. 
and they have the soup called Tom Young soup. Have you ever had that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The spicy shrimp, mm. lemon grassy. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. I love Thai food. Yum. Yeah. It's really good, huh? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely on my list. I just haven't, I haven't gotten there yet, but well, I will. you're going to love it. Hopefully I will. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the spirituality that you found when you've been traveling and then also the getting lost? Sure. The getting lost. Yeah. I'm a very spiritual person and I'm very interested in different forms of spirituality around the world and the different flavors of it. And when I went to Bali, they are Hindu, like the rest of Indonesia is Islamic mostly, but Bali is Hindu. And I went to all these really ancient temples, a lot of stone temples, and I just went temple hopping. You had to wear a sarong to go to any of the temples. So you rent a driver in Bali for 12 bucks for the whole day. Wow. Including the gas. I I decided at the end of the day to to fill up his tank. And he was just so grateful because I didn't have to do that. But I felt like, man, $12, your money really stretched there. But anyway, back to the spirituality. I just love touching the stone, things that are old. Like when I was in Rome, the cathedrals and the churches and Vatican City is unreal. It's like I went to the Sistine Chapel and I'm looking up at the paintings and everything. And my face was just water tears. And I wasn't like crying. It was just so beautiful that I was like, what? Why is my face wet? And then I'm like, my God, I'm crying. It was really beautiful. And it's really interesting to me, like people's different forms of worship and how they connect with their higher power, whatever they call it, whether it's God or Buddha or whatever, Hindu gods and goddesses. When I went to, when I went to India, I ended up meeting a guru, a spiritual teacher, and he, he was from Kashmir and he taught this thing called Kashmir Shaivism, I think. Yeah, Shaivism. And I don't remember much about it, but it was a very mindful, beautiful way to respect other people. And Kashmir, that whole area has a lot of conflict. Pakistan is way up north. Mm. And I just thought it was neat that this peaceful movement came out of there. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And like, just the temples. When I was in Thailand, I went to a monastery and met one of the this monk teacher. And he took me to go worship the Buddha. It was like right in the middle of there were roads that crossed. And then on the corner was this sacred Buddha. And you go and you get a piece of onion and a gold leaf and a piece of incense, a stick of incense. So what you do is you squeeze the onion on the Buddha to attach the gold leaf. Mm. And then you light the incense and stick it somewhere else. I don't remember where, but, and then you light a candle there. And it was really neat. It was like, I felt like I was part of something bigger. It was very beautiful. Yeah. It's interesting, all the different traditions. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And then what about the getting lost part? There were times where I used the travel guides called Lonely Travel, Mm -hmm. Lonely Planet. Mm 
planet. But I would leave, I would sometimes leave those or I'd be in my backpack, but I wouldn't look. I would just wander and ask and it felt good to be lost because I realized that I was safe no matter where I was in this world. Mm-hmm. I felt safe. Sometimes I would end up in bad neighborhoods or whatever, but I felt protected. I felt safe and it made things interesting to not get on the tour bus and, right. and be with the tourists. Right. But wherever I ended up planting myself and staying the night, I would always go for walks when I first got there yeah. and I would let myself get lost and then wander, try and find my way back. It was like a game and it felt good to just, it felt scary at first, the first time I did it, but then I got used to that feeling of not knowing which way was what and just letting my feet take me to where intuitively I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. My feet took me there. I would come across the most amazing things. Mm-hmm. So I would really recommend that to your listeners too. Yeah, it's interesting how different that is now because I traveled through Europe in 1990 and I did similar where I would get lost or on purpose, especially in Venice, Italy. I was like, let's see Mm. if we can get lost and and find the way back or whatever. But now with Google Maps, funny, like I was in Europe last year and I was, well, like 2019 and I was trying to get lost. And I knew that all I had to do was look at Google Maps. If you're going to choose to do that, put that away. And then when you're like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, now I can't take it anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. And then you've got a safe way back. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a direct yeah. route back, no matter yeah. where you are with our phones now. Yeah, I didn't have a cell phone the whole time I traveled until I went to India in 2006. Mm-hmm. The rest of my travels before that, I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, it's totally yeah. different. I get in somewhere, buy a map at the train station. Yeah, an old-fashioned map. Yeah, and I still do that. The last time I went to Venice, I did that. Because I just like holding it. I like looking at it. I just, I like it. Me too. (laughs) Maps are awesome, aren't they? Yeah. Maps and globes. Mm -hmm. There was a show in the 70s called Big Blue Marble. Mm. And it showed the earth spinning around. And it looked like Big Blue Marble. I think that traveling is the best education you can give yourself and your family. Get outside of the U.S. Yes. And that's what I would tell my fellow airline employees. Why don't you have a passport? It's free travel. Why didn't they? They were afraid, but their excuse was it takes too much money. So I proved with my column, the world is my oyster. I proved and I showed all the prices of the things that I bought or where I stayed. And I inspired one lady to go to Egypt. It felt so good to inspire someone to travel out of the U.S. for the first time. It, it was a really good feeling. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Have you been? I had my visa set to go. And then there was a massacre and a bunch of Japanese tourists were shot when they came off of a bus in Luxor. So I went to Thailand instead, but I still want to go there really bad. Yeah. I want to ride a horse near the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That will be cool. Yeah. It's on my list. I've been a solo traveler for many years, 20 years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But there are some places where I'm a little scared. Egypt is, it's funny. My, I think it's my upstairs neighbor. Somebody I know goes there all the time, but I have a friend that used to go a lot and she would, she got in 
some yeah they i had a friend who went and she said all of the not all the men but she was approached by a lot of men who wanted to marry her so the next time she went she got a ring yeah and put it on her wedding finger yeah and that's easy to do and i've had that when i went to jamaica i got proposed to constantly and when i went to the bahamas but it's for citizenship it's for American mm. citizenship. That wasn't mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah. What do you see about your future? I know you said India, and then I see that Maldives. How do you- Maldives? Oh, Maldives. 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 Yeah. Do you, you are you familiar? No, I've heard of. Oh my I've gosh. Heard of them, but oh my gosh, the country is comprises of a bunch of islands. They're coral islands, and. The water is just gorgeous. There's lagoons and they have those overwater villas. Ooh. You go down the stairs right into the water to snorkel. It's like your backyard. You're, it's like your whole surrounding. You're surrounded by wow. this, this lagoon and the water villas. It, it's pretty pricey. It's a really popular honeymoon destination. Oh, okay. Which I would love to go with, find that special person to go there with because it looks very romantic. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) But I would go there by myself. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? I'm in love with snorkeling. Mm. I snorkeled in Bali for the very first time. Mm. And I made friends with this guy who worked at the bungalow where I stayed. He was a local. He shared with me that his sister was sick and that he needed to go to his family's house on his day off, pick up some offerings to take to the hospital. And he asked me if I wanted to come with him. So I rode on the back of his motorbike about two hours into the jungle where his family lived. They didn't Mm -hmm. speak any English, but there was this beautiful music playing from a boombox. And I was like, I was floored. I was like, who is that? And he said, Layla, we listened for a while and I met his family, his mom and his dad. And he said, you love this? Because I said, I really love this music. Can you write it down? He said, no, I'm not going to write it down. It's yours. I said, what? And he took this, the cassette tape out of the boombox, mm-hmm. put it in its cover and he handed it to me. And that was really special. And then I bought us both lunch. And then he took me to the, it was literally called the Blue Lagoon on Bali. And he rented me the snorkel gear and he said, swim, just go out there and swim. And I cut my foot on some cord and I was like, oh shit. And I had never snorkeled before. Uh I swam out there. I put on the mask and everything and I was swimming out there and I was floored. These fish and this situation was like paradise. Uh Just beautiful, serene. I have lived a life of a lot of trauma and a lot of anxiety and stuff. And that was the first time I completely relaxed. Every cell in my body relaxed. That experience has affected me so much that if I'm feeling sad or if I'm feeling whatever negative, I will bring that experience Mm. to mind. And my spirits will be lifted out of that. Mm. It was a very powerful experience for me. Yeah. And since then, I've snorkeled in Key West and Key Largo Mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, if you haven't snorkeled, 
I've snorkeled. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it nice? <laughs> it does depend on where. My favorite place was Big Island in Hawaii. Mm, okay. Yeah. There's an area that they say rivals the Great Barrier Reef that's near Australia. Two, two step. Yeah. It's but in Hawaii it's called Two Steps Beach or something mm. near. Yeah, Captain Cook's Monument. It's right around there, and it was gorgeous. But I've I've scuba scuba dived, scuba dove, mm-hmm. dived once. Scuba dove, scuba dove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. In I the, like that. Uh, in the Grand Caymans, and that was really Ooh. cool. But the water was a little bit. It was like I don't know. It was churned up a little bit. So it wasn't as magic, but just the idea of being like, just being completely submerged and breathing through that thing was, um, that was amazing. It was, I know, I know isn't it? I've dove in a pool. I did some diving. They put on the gear. It was at mm-hmm. a dive shop here and it was a pool and I'm a swimmer. I do laps. And the guy said, <laughs> I was just swimming back and forth with breathing underwater. That was just very so cool, cool sensation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, man, you, you're a natural. We could still get certified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you live? I live in Denver, Colorado in, oh, okay. in a neighborhood called Capitol Hill, which is mm-hmm. just up the hill from downtown Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you live? Currently I'm in Northern California. Oh, okay. Yeah, in a tiny Bay area, or? yeah, Bay Area, but in a tiny little town in Marin County, over the Golden Gate Bridge. Nice. Okay. Yeah, but I'm leaving. I'm moving into a van in four months. So where? Into a van, a camper van, and traveling. Oh, really? Van. Cool. Yeah. So you're gonna travel the country? Yep. If you're ever in Denver, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Thank you. I will oh. definitely gonna come to Denver. I I've been to Denver. I thought about moving there, and so I wanted to look at it. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, the mountains are our backyard. Yeah, basically. the mountains are gorgeous. It's like 30 minutes, and you're in the Rocky Mountains. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just so cold in the winter. <laughs> Not like Chicago. I lived in Chicago. Oh, right. It's dry here, so it yeah. doesn't chill your bone usually. That's a good point. And, and it's sunny like 320 days out of the year or something oh, wow. crazy like that. Yeah. So even if it's minus one or whatever the sun's out and like in the next few days usually it's mild again mm-hmm. that's yeah. how I felt that's how I feel in New York in the winter it doesn't yeah like, it's cold yeah but it doesn't the sun's out and it does it's not that damp you're right Chicago I've been to Chicago and, and it can get pretty cold yeah yeah it gets really cold I was there in the fall and it was freezing <laughs> Yeah, I was really arrogant because I went out to Chicago to scout out where I was going to live because they United Airlines closed my office in Denver mm-hmm. and they moved me out to Chicago. So I flew out there before I moved to try and find a place to live, but I didn't. But I was like, I know winter. I'm from Denver. No, I didn't know winter at all until I moved to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Chicago's got a lot of culture. Nice it does. It's, and it's a beautiful city. I have a friend there and she's, it's just so cold in the winter. It's really, it's, yeah, but it's gorgeous. I like New York better. Yeah. 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 Just pricier. That's the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, my family, I have family roots in Brooklyn. My favorite uncle Rich lives in Queens. Oh, cool. Inside. When I was 13 years old, I wanted to move to New York to be in the, the Greenwich Village. Mm. Because I was punk rock back then. Yeah. And there's a lot of punk rock stores and everything. Yeah. It's a great area. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's super. I love all. I just, I love New York. Yeah. So if I had a second home in the U.S., it would be New York City. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 But it is a culture shock. Moving from Denver to Chicago was a culture shock. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because it's so much bigger. And I got lost there a lot (laughs) at first. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. What do other people, when they find out back when you were traveling more solo, what were the reactions that you got from people? People are like, oh my God, I could never do that. And I would say, why? I'm not brave enough to do that. I, I would be scared. I would freak out. I want to be lonely. None of those things happened. So what did you tell them? I said, read in my column. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we just tell them that don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. Because it's a beautiful experience. I really love it because I'm not with my culture when I'm traveling. I'm not with someone from the States. I don't have to negotiate how I'm going to spend my time. I can let my feet just guide me and have my schedule open to meet new people or to make my schedule of where I want to, what I want to see. I'm quiet walking through these streets. Nobody knows where I'm from until I open my mouth and they hear my American accent. Yep. Yeah, that's true. What would you tell other people that are aspiring to to maybe travel or follow a dream or anything? I would say go for it. Take the risk. It's a positive risk to act outside of your comfort zone. There's a phrase called life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Oh, I like that. And if you like Chinese food or Indian food or any of the worldly cuisine, Go to that country, get it firsthand. If you're drawn to a culture, plan a trip to that country. See it firsthand. Yep. Because it's so enriching. Traveling enriches your soul. Yeah. I love music and I've collected music from all over the world. When I was in Hong Kong, I stayed at this big, huge building on Kowloon Island called Hong Kong Mansion. It was huge cement building with guest houses and youth hostels and people lived there. There were apartments, there were vendors, there were all sorts of things. And there was what they call a lift, which is an English word for elevator. Mm -hmm. So it would be a long line waiting to go up this elevator. There was only one near that lift was a Indian vendor playing Indian music and trying to sell his CDs. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was old Bollywood music Mm -hmm. and I bought what I listened to for standing in line I said can you wait can you hold my place so I went and I bought the cd and I still have it Uh, I have a boom box somewhere but I found the music on spotify yeah the same songs yeah and I don't know about you but music invokes whatever experience was going on during the time that I listened to it yeah totally I can listen to Thai music Indian music. I was at a a monastery outside of Hong Kong and they were playing this beautiful music and it was all misty. You went up all these stairs and this view and everything. And they had this really peaceful music playing and they were selling it. So I bought it and took it home with me and I would listen to it and it would just bring back that tranquility. Yeah, that's great. I like it. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't really done that much. When I was in China for six weeks and I listened to my own mm. music, 
But then I would get all sad because I would listen to Simon and Garfunkel's Homeward Bound and then I would cry. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> it is a good song. I was like, I'm not home. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you were bringing your home with you. Yeah. You have yeah, to kind exactly. of let go of home and just become this yeah, I had a, mega bond. You're I, going I, to with the yeah, band that you're going to be in. And I realized like in retrospect, China was a little bit hard for me, but also I had a honey back here. Oh yeah. I missed him. Yeah. I missed him. Yeah. That's why. Now I don't have a honey. So I'm like, woo. (laughs) When's the next trip? So if you could give your 10 year old self or 12 year old self one piece of advice now. Let's see. Believe in yourself. You're good enough. How about you? Wow. Nobody's ever asked me. (laughs) (laughs) The tables turn. I've done a lot of interviewing too. (laughs) Yeah. I would say don't listen to other people's limiting beliefs and expectations for you. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Too bad. I didn't know that then. (laughs) Me too. I would love to have known that then too. Don Miguel Ruiz has a book called The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't take anything personally Mm -hmm. is one of them. And it's it's such good advice. Yeah. Which is related to what you just said. But I think even when people like give us unsolicited advice or Mm -hmm. tell us what to do or whatever, they're not doing it to hurt us. They're doing it because they love us and they think that's what the best thing for us is. It's just not always (laughs) right for us. People have different takes, different lives, different journeys. Yeah, I'm just feel really grateful that part of my journey has been traveling this beautiful earth that we have because I love people. I'm a real people person and I've listened to stories and just like your interview skills come in real handy when you travel because you can get Mm -hmm. to know people and people generally like to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. That's true. That is true. Yeah, you've noticed as a host, podcast host. But it's also interesting. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking about myself, I already know everything. That's mm-hmm. If I'm listening to somebody else, like I'm learning. So, yes. Yeah, I, I like it. It's hard. I, I, I find sure. it challenging at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is tough to learn how to do that. I can be a talker. Yeah, me too. As you've probably noticed. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, me too. My joke is I'll make friends with the wall. I don't care. I'll talk to the wall. Uh, I love people too. So I'm like, wall. Yeah. And that's what people are like, oh, don't you get lonely when you travel? And da-da-da. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a whole world out there. I have never eaten alone at a restaurant and not made friends with the person sitting next to me. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> cool? Yeah. When I that reminds me when I was in Rome, it was lunchtime, which they do the siesta. It's like a tour oh, three, yeah. Yeah. three hour thing. It is. And I went to this this guy or no, this yeah, it was a guy that I met. It was back when I smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I was in the smoking lounge at Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C. on my way to Rome. And this guy had just come back. And he said, this is a killer restaurant in Rome. And he said, I just happen to have the business card. You can have it. One of the things I did was hunt down this restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I was eating there at a table by myself. And there were all these businessmen. And they were drinking. And I kept looking over and... They were laughing and it looked like they were having fun. And I said, do you speak English? And, and they did. I was like, what are you drinking? Oh, grappa. Mm-hmm. Come here. Sit down with us. So you can mm-hmm. have some. Mm-hmm. And so I, I drank a shot and a, a small glass of grappa with them mm-hmm. and, and talked and, and learned about their lives. And they learned about mine. And yep. it was 
it's just very precious experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Very enriching experiences traveling. Plus you're totally present to everything around you, or at least I am when I travel. Yeah. I'm just in this absorption mode. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mindful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where can people find you? People can find me at lisajobar.com. It's L-I-S-A-J-O-B-A-R-R.com. Okay. And on Facebook, you can join my Facebook group. Mm-hmm. It's called Go For It Coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a picture of a nice ocean scene with the sun coming up. Okay. I'll put links in the show. Notes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the opportunity to be on your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time and all your fun stories. I really appreciated it. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. I also want to thank Lucy Meisler for the new music, which she made specifically for AUA. There's a link to her SoundCloud in the show notes. Thank you, Lucy. I love your music. And if you guys liked what you heard today, please subscribe, leave a five-star rating or review, share it with a friend who would find value from this episode, any of the above, none of the above. Just thank you for being here. I also have a YouTube channel, which I link in the show notes, or you can go to the website and unknownadventure.com to find links to the show notes, the blog, the Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. And yes, I did just say the Instagram. My goal is to encourage you to achieve your dreams, no matter how old you are, 18, 40, 60, whatever, I'm 55. If you have any questions, please DM me on Instagram at an unknown adventure. And remember to keep dreaming big because your adventure awaits and I would love to hear about it. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye.